Thank you, Brother Butcher. Thank you, all of you, for showing up. <laughs> that took a lot of faith. <laughs> Amen. I do love the presence of the Lord. And I love the family of God. I love serving the Lord. I'm very thankful to be saved. Amen. <clears throat> Not very many people in the world who are, <laughs> comparatively speaking. And I'm one of the blessed ones. I found the Lord, and he found me, and here we are. <laughs> Amen. It's good to be part of the family of God. It's good to know the Lord, and it's good to know that he knows us. Amen. Well, I appreciate being asked to speak. My policy is that if I'm asked, I say yes. Um, obviously, somebody feels confident. <laughs> um, it's not really my comfort zone, but we were taught in Bible school not to start our messages with by saying that, so just erase that, <laughs> because here we are. Amen. The presence of the Lord is here. His Spirit is here, and um, he's got a word for somebody tonight. He wants to encourage somebody and lift you up a little bit higher than you've been for the last few days. I like words. <clears throat> I like speaking words. I like writing words. I like reading words. I like studying words. When I study the Bible, um, usually I get stuck on a phrase or a word that kind of pops out at me and sends me on a little journey. And um, I, I like words. There's a, a Canadian man called Jordan Peterson. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a crusader. And um, he, he is the most amazing man to listen to. He has this great vocabulary. And he never says, um, or any of those things that the rest of us all say, he just it just comes out of him, and it's just refreshing to listen to him explain something because his vocabulary is so awesome, and I like words. And um, so tonight I'm going to talk to you about a word. <clears throat> First of all, we're going to start with an English lesson, just to get you in, all you kids, get you in shape for tomorrow morning. <laughs> um... There's a word, theist. Theist means somebody who believes in God. The is, theo is, means God. And a theist is somebody who is a believer. But if you put an A on the front of that, atheist means exactly the opposite. It means somebody who does not believe in God. Atheist. Those of you who have been to Bible school, Gnostic means the study of knowledge, relating to knowledge, especially something mystical or spooky or kind of, you know, a little bit off the norm. Gnostic. If you add an A on the front of that, agnostic, 
the G is silent when you say Gnostic. I'm not adding a G, I'm adding an A, but the G was silent. Agnostic is a person who believes that nothing is known or can be known of the, of the existence or nature of God. So by adding that little A on the front, you've totally changed, completely changed the meaning. So the topic of my message tonight is what a difference an A can make. Amen. What a difference an A can make. And to start, we're going to turn to the book of Philippians, the first chapter. Don't panic on the size of my notes. It's big font, so <laughs> we're not going to be here all night. <laughs> first book of first chapter of Philippians, starting at verse 7, <clears throat> says, Even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, this is Paul writing, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers of my suffering. Is that what he said? Nope. You're all partakers of my grace. <clears throat> For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. That's old English. <laughs> We would interpret that a little differently today. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. And the word we're looking at tonight is abound. Starts with a little a. Um, bound means you're tied up. Bound is the root of the word boundary which defines an area that you have to stay inside and not allowed outside. But when you put an A on the front, it flips the meaning, and it means that the boundary has been removed, and now there are no limits. That your love may be limitless. Amen. Now, this letter was written to the church in Philippi, which was Paul's favorite church. You'll notice when you read it that he didn't scold them. All the other books starts off with a little scolding that they should have been doing something more, but this one doesn't. He really loves these people. And even though they're his pets, he says to them, you all need to learn how to let your love break out of the boundaries. Abound. Now, that little A changes everything. It goes on to say that it needs to be in knowledge and in judgment, which means even though we're breaking the boundaries, there are still spiritual parameters that need to be followed. There needs to be knowledge which would be experience, would be the voice of elders in your life, would be wisdom that you've gained by what you've studied and what you've learned. That's knowledge. And in all judgment, that's talking about making good decisions, wise decisions. A judge decides things. 
And so the parameters for your abounding love is knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge and judgment. Now, God's love is boundless. What does John 3.16 say? For God so loved what kind of people? Good people? Nope. <laughs> God so loved the world. That's boundless love. That does not have any limitations. There are no boundaries on God's love. Compare that to the kind of love we have that is filled with prejudice, bias, judgmental, we're partial, even parents sometimes. Anybody ever feel like you're the unloved one in your family? <laughs> people do, you know. It's true, people do. They feel like my mother loved this one more than me or I was the least loved in my family. That's because human love has boundaries. Human love is not boundless love the way God's love is. And Paul wanted these people in Philippi, they were good people. And he wanted them to know there's another level you can go to. There's something more that can happen in your life. You can learn to love the unlovable. You can learn to love people that you're not the least bit comfortable being around them. They make you feel uncomfortable. That's when your love is in boundaries. But when your love is abounding, people that you feel uncomfortable with, you can say, you know what? I'm going to love them. I'm going to pray for them because God has changed the kind of love I have. He's added an A on the beginning, and it's flipped things around, and my love is abounding love. Now, God's love <clears throat> was not at a standstill. His boundless love, that's where we started. God so loved the world, so that's point A. It segued into his boundless grace. God made his grace available to us because of his love. And that grace segued into redemption. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians. Just a couple pages over. Back. Ephesians chapter 1. These are beautiful verses. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 1. Starting at verse 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he has abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. We have forgiveness of sins, not because of who we are. We just sang that. Not because of who we are, not because of what we've done, but because his grace has broken out of the boundaries. It's abounded towards us. And it has been done in all wisdom. He knew exactly what he was doing when he did that. He knew exactly 
what he was doing. Grace, um, there's all kinds of definitions, but the one that most of us are the most familiar with is unmerited favor of God, undeserved favor. And um, none of us deserved it. None of us were worthy of having our sins washed away. There's nothing you can do to make yourself worthy enough for Calvary. It's unmerited favor. But who do we give favor to? (laughs) Someone who's done something good for us? Probably. Definitely not someone who hasn't done good for us. Maybe that's the easier way to explain it. Our favor is not given to people that we find difficult in our lives. It's given to people that cooperate with our plans and obey what we tell them to do. That, that's how we give favor. But God's grace broke out of the boundaries. You know why? Because we were his enemies. We were his enemies. We were against everything that God wanted to do. We were against everything in his character. Everything about us was exactly opposite to who God is. We were his enemies. And yet the verse says, he has abounded his grace toward all of us. He's abounded his grace. Oh my goodness, it's amazing. Unmerited favor of God. We can access his grace anytime, anywhere, because there's no boundaries. There's no limitations. We are living in a world <clears throat> that is pretty evil. I think that I think everybody in the room should be nodding their head up and down. Let's see how you how's your neck muscles working tonight? <laughs> up and down, up and down. We are living in a wicked world. An extremely wicked world. A scarily wicked world. Scarily, I'm not sure that's a word, but uh, we just made that one up. It's, it's scary how wicked the world is and how blatant the sin is, how much in your face the sin is, how unashamed people are of being wicked, of doing evil things, and there's no shame to it. They're not, they're not doing it in the corners anymore. They're right out on the front page. Everything's right out there for everybody to see. Sin is abounding. It's broken out of its boundaries. There used to be moral codes that people followed. There were certain things that you didn't do, or at least you didn't do them publicly for everybody to see. There were, there were moral things. People, people had a, a, a way of living that was, that was right. They weren't always perfect, but there were codes that people followed. But those have all broken down. The boundaries are gone now. People can do anything they want. They can go anywhere they want. They can say anything they want, except for Christians. You can, the boundaries are gone. Sin is abounding. There are no boundaries anymore. But look what Romans says. Turn with me to the Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. And let's find out what Paul said about 
sin abounding. Verse 20 of Romans chapter 5. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound it to show you how bad everything is. But where sin abounded, what does it say? Grace did much more abound. The more sin there is, the more grace there is. Every time the the scale rises a little bit, the grace rises with it. It just goes with it. Where sin abounds, grace did much more abound. Where evil has broken out in the world, broken out of all of its boundaries, in Australia, in Canada, in Europe, in South America, in North America, every part of the world, it's broken out of its boundaries. But where sin did abound. Grace isn't just keeping up. It's not just running along beside, parallel. Grace is way ahead. Grace is much more abounding. Much more. That should give you pause tonight. That should make you raise your hand and shout, Glory to God. Hallelujah. Grace is abounding. Grace is abounding. I've come to let you know tonight, you do not have to feel despair. You do not have to throw up your hands. Because the grace of God, abundant grace of God, it's not dwindling. It's not like your, your petrol runs out of your tank and you have to, oh my goodness, I need to go to the petrol station. It's not running out of the tank. Grace is not running out of the tank. It's not rationed. There's much more grace. Young parents with little kids, and you wonder, how in the world are we going to raise our kids in this world? I'll tell you how you're going to do it. It's because the grace of God is abounding. The grace of God is abounding. You do not have to feel despair. You do not have to feel afraid. You do not have to feel discouraged. God's grace is there. This does not mean that we can live however we choose. (laughs) God's grace will just be there to just wash everything over and glaze it all over and nobody can see. No, 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 no. (laughs) It means that where sin is blasting away at you every day, bang, 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 blasting away in your face, punching you in the gut, sin, 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 sin. It feels like that's all we see, that's all we hear about, all the junk that's going on in our world. And when that's happening, God's grace is going to be there. God's grace is going to give you the ability to overcome. Don't ever say, I cannot live for God in this environment. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. The grace of God is there. The grace of God is able to keep you from falling. Amen. We are in a wicked world. There's no question, no question. But where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. There is a temptation to say that if grace is so easily and so plentiful available, let's just continue in sin so that grace can deal with it. But let's just go down a few more verses from where we just read to the first couple of verses of chapter 6 says of Romans chapter 6 
What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Make it easy for grace to break out of its boundaries? Just We all just get busy and do all the sin we can think about? God forbid. How shall we then that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Don't give me the excuse that sin is so rampant. I just can't help myself, Sister Shaw. I just couldn't help it. Yes, you can help it. Yes, you can help it. The grace of God is there for you. And you do not have to be weak, and you do not have to give in. What shall we say then? What we shall say is, I'm an overcomer. I can make it. I can do this. I can live for God. I can serve God. I can be victorious. I can be strong. I can win this battle. Not because of who you are, but because the grace of God is abounding where sin abounds. Does not give us a license to live in a sinful condition, but God's plan is exactly the opposite. Turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians. This is the most, I think, Maybe one of the most positive verses in the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. We're going to look at all the positive words. I like words. God is able. Bottom of the line. No question. Is he able? God is able, facts, to make all grace abound. That's very positive. Whatever kind of grace you need, all grace, God is able to make all grace, not give it out in little dribs and drabs, a little bit here, a little bit there. Nope. He's making all of it break out of the boundaries. Towards who? Say your name. Georgine Sham. You say your name and I'm saying my name. Come on, let's all say our name. Georgine Sham. The grace of God is abounding towards me. I'm included in that number. That's a very positive thing for me tonight. My name is included in that name, in that number. That you always, always is a very positive word. Not sometimes, not most of the times, not maybe. Always, that's a positive word. Having all sufficiency, that's a very positive phrase. All sufficiency, whatever you need, it's sufficient. It doesn't give any qualifications. doesn't say whether it's a big deal or a little deal. It's all sufficient, that's positive. In all things, that's positive again. There's, no, there's nothing in there that says maybe, I'm not sure, I wonder if. Nope, never. All things that it may abound, there's the, our favorite word, abound, to every good work. That's positive. That's not just once in a while I'm going to do good. Some days I'm going to do good, other days I'm not going to do so good. I can abound to every good work. If you've got a highlighter pen or a red ink pen or any kind of pen, actually, write that, underline that verse. 
Put a circle around it. This is positive. When you feel like you're a little bit weak, you're floundering a little bit, come back to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8 and read it to yourself. God is able to make all grace abound toward me. Me. I'm putting me instead of you in there. Towards me. That ye being all, having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. You can do it. You can do it. I can do it. Not because of who I am, not because of how smart I am, how good I am, but God's grace is abounding towards me. There are no limitations, no boundaries. Grace isn't just for salvation. We sing amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, now I'm found. I was blind, but now I can see. But it's not only for that. Grace is available to us as believers on a daily basis. Grace to deal with a difficult boss. Grace to deal with a chronic illness. Grace to deal with an unsaved spouse. Grace for any difficulty that you might be facing. Even things that you can only blame yourself for. We do get in things that it's not anybody else's fault but our own. We are disobedient. We think, oh, I'll just, I'll just take a chance. And we get ourselves in trouble. Even those situations, the grace of God is there for you. In every situation, our children and our grandchildren, my grandchildren, we have seven beautiful grandchildren. I wish I had time to show you all their pictures and tell you all about them. They're just they're just great. Seven beautiful kids. They're growing up in a really bad world. Scary world. But they're going to have the, uh, the opportunity to experience the grace of God in a way that none of us have. Because where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. Amen. Pray that over your kids when you put them to bed at night. Jesus, this is a wicked world, but you've promised that where sin abounds, grace is going to abound much, much more. Your children are going to see things in their lives that none of us have seen because it's never been this bad before. I'm thinking right now about um, three young men. Their names were Shadrach. Meshach and Abednego. And they were living in a time when um, it, was, it was pretty bad. In fact, um, the culture around them was 100% against them. 100%. Everybody else in that entire country was willing to bow down to that huge statue. They were the only ones that didn't. <clears throat> it was pretty scary times. And they knew that if they didn't bow, that they were going to be cast into the furnace. I'm not sure if that was me, how I'd do on that day. <laughs> I like to think I'd do okay, but I don't know. I've never been in that position. They faced an extremely wicked king 
Sometimes we look at the rulers of our countries and we just shake our heads in what's the laws that are being passed and the, the things that are happening in our governments. Well, in this government, the law was that you could not pray. And uh, you had to bow to that statue. You had to get down and bow, and they knew there was one true living God. They could not bow to that statue. And they knew that the fire, the furnace, was facing them. But somehow or other, they understood that where sin abounded, the grace of God was abounding more for them. And because of that, those three young men, probably at least 3,000 years ago, experienced something that before that and since that, it's never happened again. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. The grace of God that was extended to them in that unbelievably wicked time where the sin abounded, God's grace did much more abound. And walking around in that fire with them was somebody that looked like the Son of God. And they came out of that fire and their clothes didn't even smell like smoke. They came out of the fire. <laughs> they experienced something that not very many... There's been a lot of people burned at the stake over the years under persecution. I don't think there's ever been a story where somebody just stood there and the flames were licking up around them and they just stood there and didn't burn up. I think everybody that was ever burned at the stake actually was burned at the stake. But these three went in the fire and came out. <laughs> they experienced something that nobody else in the history of mankind experienced because where sin did abound... Grace did much more abound. And in our generation, the days that we are living in right now, we cannot afford to despair. We cannot afford to say, oh, what's going to happen? I'll tell you what's going to happen. God's grace is going to flood in. His grace is going to flood in. His grace is going to flood in. Because where sin abounds, God's grace is going to abound much more. It's going to break out of every boundary. I'm not a Pollyanna. I don't like child pornography. I don't like hearing about women being abused or children being abused. I don't like hearing about honor killings where young women are stoned to death. I don't like those things. I tremble at the thought of some of the laws that are passed in Canada now. It's legal that you can go to a doctor's office and say, I'm depressed, I want to die. And they'll give you a shot and you'll die. And it's legal. That's a wicked world. <laughs> That's a wicked world. If you're 16 years old, they won't even call your parents. They'll just take you in the office and say, I'm giving you an injection. It's, that's legal in Canada. It's a wicked world. And I don't like it. I'm not happy about those things. I'm not happy thinking about our grandchildren growing up in that kind of a, an environment. But I do know that where sin abounds, grace is going to much more abound. 
This means that we, us, in this room, we are living in a time when God is going to demonstrate his mighty power and we are going to see his glory like nobody has ever seen his glory before. It's us. It's us. We're going to see God do things. We're going to be saved. Some of us are going to be saved from experiences. We don't know what's coming down the road towards us. We don't know what kind of things in the next few years, if the trend continues the way that it's been, how the clamps are going to come down on on people that want to be Christians, how the clamps are going to come down on people that believe there's only one way to be saved, and how we're supposed to be tolerant, and we're supposed to open up our minds, and we're supposed to be kind to everybody. We're not supposed to say things like you need to be saved. We don't know how that's going to affect us. But the flip side of that is, Neither do we know what God's going to do. Neither do we know the things that are going to happen, the stories that we're going to have to tell, the testimonies that some of us are going to be able to stand and say, I was delivered from the mouth of the lions. I was delivered from the flame of the furnace because the grace of God is abounding. So you can go home from church tonight with courage. That's what I came here to give you, courage. You can go to your job tomorrow with courage. You can go to school tomorrow or university with courage. You can sit across from your doctor with courage. You can face your prodigal children with courage. You can face your financial situation with courage. You can face temptation with courage. God's grace is abounding. There's no boundaries. It's available to you, whatever you need. If you need a miracle from the Lord in your family, if you need a miracle in your bank account, if you need a miracle in your body, whatever, the grace of God is abounding tonight. It's going to be sufficient no matter what you're facing or what difficulty you're going through. How's your neck muscles working? Anybody experienced that already? The grace of God being sufficient, bringing us through some dark times, bringing us through some dark days, being through some deep valleys, bringing us through some difficult trials? Yes. The grace of God just kept us, kept his hand on us, led us, and we came through on the other side. So you can go home tonight with courage in your heart. Yes, sin is abounding, but so is the grace of God. Not just on Sunday night when we're all in this building together. It abounds on Monday morning. It abounds on Wednesday afternoon. It abounds on Friday evening when you're wiped out from a a difficult week. The grace of God is abounding because of God's love that knows no boundaries and his grace that knows no boundaries. We can live for God with no boundaries.
The sky's the limit. What do you want to do for God? What do you want to do for God? In your, in your biggest dreams, who do you want to be for God? Where do you want to go for God? What do you want to accomplish in God's kingdom? There's no limits. The grace of God is abounding in your life, and you can have as much of God as you want. You can do as much for God as you want. You can be as great for God as you want. The grace of God has no boundaries, and it's in this room right now. It's here right now. Amen. If you've been struggling, if you've been wobbling a little bit, if you've been feeling a little under the weather, if you've been feeling a little defeated, a little discouraged, there's a word from the Lord for you. Amen. His love is abounding, and his grace is abounding. As much as you need, you can have. In the name of Jesus, God bless you in Jesus' name.